It's speculation season. Let's get into all of it with former Vikings general manager Jeff Diamond. This is the Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, part of the TalkNorth.com podcast network. Jeff, let's get right to it. Uh, the Vikings took their time finding who they think were the right general manager and coaching hires, but they, they are a little bit behind on the NFL schedule right now. Is that a big deal, and what do they have to deal with right away? Yeah, I think it's really a compressed schedule for uh, Adolfo Menza and, and, and Kevin O'Connell. Uh, I think it's really t- tough and they have to get up to speed very quickly. I think it's really hard, especially for O'Connell coming off the high of the Super Bowl and such a busy postseason and all of a sudden he's got to dive back into a brand new job, hire a new coaching staff and, and basically they're done with that process now, probably filling in a couple of spots as they added five new additions this week, including the offensive coordinator, Wes Phillips, uh, who was rejoining O'Connell from, from the Rams staff. And, and so, yeah, I think it is very compressed schedule for them, puts them a little behind the eight ball. And obviously first priority is to, as we said, hire the coaching staff, get that figured out. Adafo Menza has to hire his supporting staff if he's gonna bring in some new additions. And then immediately dive into the player evaluation process. This is all going on behind the scenes that's really not talked about as much media-wise. But they've got to evaluate the entire roster because free agency is about two weeks away, which is hard to believe how quickly things move in the NFL. They've got the NFL scouting combine next week in Indianapolis. So uh, Quasi is now in pre-draft meetings with with the scouting staff with the player personnel department his scouts as they get ready to go to indy and that's taking place as they're doing player evaluations as they're finalizing the the coaching hires and doing and doing all this process very quickly whereas other teams have had a couple of months to do this after the season if you didn't make the playoffs and so yeah, teams like the Rams and the Bengals who got to the Super Bowl, it's also very compressed. And I've been there in that situation. And it's just, wow, it is on you so fast. I remember back with the Titans after we went to the Super Bowl in 99, and we had free agency coming uh, basically 10 days later. And boom, right out of the gate, we lost our starting right right tackle. Uh, and and when, when the Eagles made a, a huge offer, uh, to John Runyon to make him the highest paid tackle in the league. And he went from a million dollar player to a, a $6 million player in a heartbeat. And, and we thought, wow, that was fast. And we were, we were still trying to get under the cap basically at that point. So it comes fast and furious at this point. And as I said, the free agency official negotiating period begins March 14th, a little over two weeks away. And they've got a, have their ducks in line and know who they want to re-sign out of their pending 17 unrestricted free agents. And that list includes a bunch of of starters, guys like Anthony Barr, Patrick Peterson, Tyler Conklin, Nick Vigil, Sheldon Richardson, Xavier Woods. They got to get Cousins situation figured out. They got to get under the salary cap by March 16th when the new league year begins. Right now they're 16 million over. And so 
they're working through that process. And obviously the key domino there that's gonna start the process is Kirk Cousins' contract. And if they go ahead and, and get him restructured, extended, whatever they do, they've gotta knock that $35 million base salary down. And I'm sure what they're gonna probably end up doing is maybe extend him a year or so and throw in some of those voidable years that can come back to haunt you but that seems to be in vogue now in the league just to get by even if the cap is going up about 20 million bucks up to 208 million dollars even still the vikings are 16 million over but they're in better shape than the packers jim who were 42.7 million over the cap before they cleared 10.8 million yesterday by restructuring kenny clark and but they got a guy named Aaron Rodgers with a $46 million cap number. So they could do some things there, too, to get that thing down a lot. This is TalkNorth.com. You can find all of our shows and the archives of our shows there. You could also follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod to see the shows as they are released. We recommend subscribing at your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. Uh, whether you subscribe to one show or our entire network, tons of good outdoor content, massive amount of good sports content. And uh, we want to thank our sponsors on this show. Platinum Bank, White Bear Lake Superstore, and State Farm agent Tony Hoagland. We also want to thank our producer, Brian Burdett. So let's start here. Before we get to specific players, specific situations around the league, Kwesi Odopo-Mensa is new to the job, and I know they brought in Ryan Grigson to kind of help him uh, get his feet on the ground. But if you, if Kwesi called you right now, what general advice would you give him? I think basically just make sure as you do your evaluations – that you're talking with the coaches, that you're communicating. And, and we've heard all this talk about, yeah, we're going to collaborate, communicate and all that. And it's got to happen because the one thing that they got to make sure is, for example, Anthony Barr is an interesting case to me because they have to determine with Ed Donatel and with his new coaching staff and Mike Patton uh, as, a, as a defensive uh, kind of advisor, they got to determine if they're going to be in a base 3-4 defense. And we know we hear, well, we're going to rotate between a 3-4 and a 4-3, depending on if we're a nickel or not, blah, blah, blah. But they got to project, can Barr be even more effective in a 3-4 base defense, which he actually, I think, played at UCLA. And can he stay healthy? They got to talk to the, the medical people, the, the team doctors, the trainers, and, and is he affordable? So they're talking to the agent, too, at this point. And so all those things have to take place. So I would certainly tell Quasi, make sure that these guys you sign or bring back and go after in free agency that they're going to fit the new system. And you don't want to be signing players that aren't necessarily a great fit. And I think that's what's really going to be interesting as, in going through this kind of new free agency process for the first time for Quasi and for Kevin O'Connell is to figure out how these guys are going to fit their system. And I think there are just a lot of decisions that have to be made with, with guys like Sheldon Richardson, <laughs> with guys like <laughs> Nick Vigil and, and Anthony Barr. I, I mean, it's easier to project. Yeah. Patrick Peterson can play. He had a, he had a, a, a good year. And he's probably their, still their best corner, and they need corners, and they're probably going to draft one in the first round or very high <laughs> or two. But how is that all going to work out? How is that all going to fit? So they have to go through that process, make sure 
that the guys that they put the money into are going to fit the new system. And let's get to Barr and Hunter. Uh, I thought it was really interesting that O'Connell went out of his way to say something nice about Barr, who I think most of us thought was on his way out. And Daniil Hunter, you know, two years removed from being a historically great young pass rusher, has had injuries the last two years. Uh, what, what do you do with those two guys? Uh, yeah, I think, again, do they fit what, what Donatel wants to do as the defensive coordinator? And what does O'Connell think of them as players? What does Quasi think of them as players? So they got to figure that out. It's certainly pretty easy to look at the splash plays that Daniel Hunter makes and know that, yeah, if he's healthy, if he's recovered from, from his, his various injuries, that he should be, he's still only whatever, 26, 27 years old and should be a great player in this league for a long time. But he's extremely expensive. And he's sitting there with that $18 million option bonus that's going to hit, I think, on the first day of the league year, March 16th. So so they've got to get something done with him right away. And I think he's a guy that if you feel like he's recovered from whatever, the, I think it was the peck, the last injury, if you think he's recovered from that, then you go ahead and, and sign him because he was very effective the first half of the season last year. And you go ahead and re-sign him, restructure, and that'll knock his cap number down significantly. Probably save about ten million bucks there. And Barr, that that's a tough one because he's just been so in and out of the lineup with that problematic knee. And I'd be very leery about his situation unless they're really confident that he can overcome what has happened because he's just been so in and out of that lineup and not reliable health-wise when he's been in there. He actually, I thought, played even better than he has in the past, made more big plays, made had that great play in Baltimore, the leaping interception in overtime that should have set up a victory if the offense had done anything after that. And so that that's the kind of Anthony Barr that they were looking for when they drafted him originally. So those are tough calls. But that, again, they've got to dive into the video. They've got to talk to all their coaches. They've got to make make a decision, and they've got to move fast. And so those are those are two tough calls. I think another interesting one to watch is going to be the tight end situation. If, indeed, they're going to go to a, a predominantly three-wide receiver offense um, with Jefferson Thielen and, and K.J. Osborne, and then using less of, of the two tight end offense, then how does that work in terms of the money that's going to be dedicated to, to Tyler Conklin? And, and what do they think of Irv Smith's situation injury-wise coming off his knee? And so are they going to want to – now Irv Smith is still on his rookie deal, so they could certainly put the big money into Conklin and then see what happens with Irv Smith and then make a, make a determination how – effective those guys are as two tight ends but that's another thing i would tell Quasi: you still have to adjust to your talent and i tell that to kevin o'connell too and if you're if you have two excellent tight ends then maybe you need to use a fair amount of two tight end offense and be flexible and be adjustable offensively so those are the things that are going to be interesting for me to watch to see the decision making that comes down yeah, I th- actually think that's what I'm excited about with these hires is the Rams offense, 
at times looks like a power running offense. At times it looks like an intricate uh, West Coast passing offense. At times it reminds you of Joe Gibbs setting up the big pass plays. Uh, they use their tight ends well. Uh, you know, I, I, I think this offense can be very flexible. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting because there are just so many variations of the quote-unquote West Coast offense. Mm-hmm. And, and some teams are using a lot of three wides. Some teams, San Francisco – Kyle Shanahan uses the fullback a ton because he's got Juszczyk, who's the maybe the the all-pro uh, fullback, and so and the Vikings have a, a great fullback in C.J. Ham, and so and who has been a great lead blocker for Dalvin Cook, and and also a reliable enough receiver and and a, a great special teamer, great team guy, and so again. It's going to be interesting to, to watch how that unfolds in terms of play time and how they're going to make it all work. Like you, I'm going to be really interested to see. And I think that it's, it is exciting because it is a change. It is fresh. And at this point, yeah, we're expecting more three wide receiver. But, hey, who knows? We'll, we'll see how it shakes out. Let's talk more quarterbacks. But first, we do want to thank our longtime sponsor, White Bear Lake Superstore. Yeah, absolutely, Jim. Always excited to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore Buick GMC and my longtime friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Gutrell. They're a great staff, Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and with their super friendly premium team. And check out their great, great website. We always talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore.com. Great selection of GMC and Buick SUVs. New 2021 and 2022 Buick SUVs, including the stylish Encore GX, with great offers, 0% APR offers, and 0% APR offers on most 21 and 22 GMC models, including the fabulous Sierra 1500. Reserve yours today. And don't wait. Reserve your all-electric super truck, the Hummer EV. The Wiper Lake Superstore also is a Quigley 4x4 van superstore. They're a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut, so visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Thanks also to Platinum Bank. Platinum Bank, fabulous bank. Is your bank a partner or simply a provider? In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities execs to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder, and I have personally experienced tremendous customer service working with market president Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. We'll tell you about Tony Hoagland here in a second, but let's get to the quarterbacks. Uh, first of all, let's get to the, the the fun, wild, weird speculation, much of which doesn't pan out, but it's, hey, it's always interesting to kick it around philosophically. Uh, there's a rumor out there that uh, that the Panthers have called about Kirk Cousins. Panthers have the sixth pick in the draft. Uh, I don't know that we know much more than that. I don't know if there's any actual fire there to go with the smoke. But just what do you think about that idea? I think it's pretty ludicrous. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's uh, kind of 
speculation and fodder at this point in time. And, and I certainly wouldn't be tremendously interested in trading Kurt Cousins unless it's just a boatload of, of draft choices. If they got a, a Stafford type deal with two number ones and, and extra picks and another player coming in or whatever, then you have to think about it. But I think at this point in, in the modern day NFL, you've got to have a quarterback and they do have a, a top 15 guy, maybe a top 10 to top 12 guy at times in Kirk Cousins. And I, I guess at times he was a top five guy last year. <laughs> and so he's still a, a good enough player. And yeah, he's not perfect. We know what Kirk Cousins is. But I think Kevin O'Connell and I know coaches have have enough ego to think that they can even improve a guy. And I'm sure O'Connell's thinking, I can make Kirk better than Quinn Kubiak did. And with whatever motion, whatever type of system I'm going to run, uh, misdirection, quick releases, and so forth. And he's got the supporting cast with the receivers and Dalvin Cook and Jefferson and Thielen. And we know all that. And so, and, and really a, a couple potentially great tight ends. So I think that that I'm sure that Quasi Adafo Menza is going to take the phone call, which you obviously have to do. And but even still, I wouldn't do that deal even for the sixth pick in the draft because there's just for, for first thing, there's it's not a quarterback rich draft, at least initially, unless they're breaking down these guys and think, wow, they're better than than what the early re reviews are on this quarterback class. And it seems like there's plenty of guys that could be in that. 12 to 24 range in the first round perhaps but it's just not the first round class that we saw last year with trevor lawrence and justin fields and zach wilson and trey lance and uh, mac jones and even davis mills in houston that whole group that they didn't have great success last year but they certainly came in with high reviews and and it looks like they've got some talent in that group that has to be developed. And so, yeah, I think that unless you've got a clear replacement in mind, you don't want to take a step back at the position. So, so that's yeah, that that's certainly interesting and fun to talk about. But I don't I don't see it happening. Let me hit you with a couple other quarterback situations. We're talking here on Thursday morning. Of course, any moment he decides to, Aaron Rodgers could clear up his future with the Packers or whether it's with somebody else. Uh, we're talking right now before he has made a decision. Uh, at this moment, do you have any expectations about what Rodgers or the Packers will do? I, I think Rodgers will be back. I think that he's kind of using his leverage at this point to put pressure on the Packers to get a long-term deal done with Devontae Adams. But the hard thing there is that they almost need Rodgers to free up the cap space in order to to do the deal with Devontae, who's a free agent. So he's not even counting against that their whatever $32 million over the cap still. And so Devontae is not even counting against the cap at this point. And to do a long-term deal at $25 million a year or so, uh, that will make him the top paid receiver in the league. And I'm sure he's looking for even a little more than that. Then, hey, all of a sudden you got to free up money, and where are you going to get the money? Well, Rogers is the guy that's 46 million dollar cap hit this year, and they could probably free up about at least 20, 20 to 30 million dollars with his cap number by by extending him and throwing some voids in there, voided years, and so it's, it's kind of a chicken and egg deal <laughs> with with Rogers. 
they need to get his deal done to free up money to get Adams signed. And Rogers wants him to sign Adams and then he'll, and then he'll commit to coming back. So that's going to be really fascinating to watch unfold. And meanwhile, how, how sick are we of, of even hearing Aaron Rodgers talk? Very <laughs> sick. Very, 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 very sick. Yeah, I mean, the, the seemingly weekly pronouncements on whether he wants to play and where he wants to play. And, and he says, he says on, on Pat McAfee's show, there's going to be no news today, no decision on my future. And but then he says in his typical narcissistic double talk, he says, it won't be long. Let's just get this behind us. I'm not going to hold anybody hostage. Yeah, sure, Aaron. Yeah, you just He's love. Such a liar. He's such he, a liar. He is. He just loves to talk and 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 just put all these this double talk out there. And I'm sick of it. You're sick of it. I'm, I'm sure the Packer fan base they they love the guy as a player, but they got to be sick of him as a person. And and so just do us a favor, Aaron. Don't talk again until you announce what you're going to do. <laughs> Now I want to talk about two quarterbacks who might not play, probably won't play uh, this year, but we don't ever know. Uh, first of all, I do want to thank Tony Hoagland, H-O-A-G-L-U-N-D. He's my State Farm agent, he sponsors a number of shows across the Talk North platform, including our new Mike Grimm Go Gopher podcast. This is your State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. For the year of 2022, we will be donating $10 to the University of Minnesota Children's Masonics Hospital for everyone that calls our office or checks in with us online and mentions that they heard about us on Talk North. You can reach us at 763-421-4900. You can find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Again, 763-421-4900 or find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. All right, let's get to Deshaun Watson. What do you think happens with him this offseason? Wow, that is really a, a tough one to figure out. And he's it, it's still in the middle of depositions in his legal troubles in the sexual harassment cases that he's got. And it's not just one case, as we know, it's 22 cases. And so we, we know the Texans want to trade him and and it was interesting to hear Lovey Smith talking up Davis Mills that he's our guy, and I love what he's done. And yeah, meanwhile he was two and nine as a starter there, but yeah, maybe did some decent things and could be a bridge to to a future if they draft a guy high in the next two years. Maybe not this year. We'll see. But I think Deshaun Watson, he's just a keg of dynamite, and and really tough for a team and a team executive, a, an owner to sign off on, on a major trade that's going to cost a couple of number ones, certainly for a guy like that. And, and we, we keep hearing all these potential landing spots and they were talking about the Steelers last night. I, I don't see the Steelers making a move on a guy like this. And uh, even though they did just bring in Brian Flores, so they're not worried about controversy obviously a, a totally different situation with Brian Flores with his, with his uh, uh, discrimination case against the league, but it's still controversy. Uh, and Mike Tomlin is, is certainly a fearless coach. Maybe he would. Washington could be a landing spot, but they're in all kinds of disarray too uh, in terms of ownership and on all the issues that they're dealing with. And, and so in Carolina is another possible landing spot. I don't think Miami, but again, who's going to risk that kind of draft capital before the draft. And I'm sure Houston wants to deal him before the draft to get extra picks. Otherwise 
they, they've got to be dealing him for 2023 draft picks after his legal cases are resolved. That could take another several, several months. And one thing for sure, they don't want to pay him. I think his base is around $35 million this year. They don't want to pay him to sit on the bench again like they did last year. That was crazy. So I think it's a really tough situation. And just one of many evolving stories involving quarterbacks around the league that, that we're going to be watching carefully this offseason. Carson Wentz, another one that the tea leaves are saying the Colts are not going to bring him back and with a $22 million guaranteed salary if they if they keep him at it after the start of the league year and miss the playoffs last year, and he was spotty at the end, and yet he cost them a first and a third round pick. And then you got a number of, of really excellent, interesting quarterbacks in free agency led by Russell Wilson, or not free agency, but on the trade rumor market in terms of Russell Wilson's situation, which I still expect him to stay in Seattle. Uh, but but that could go the other direction if they get a big offer. What's going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo? I could see him ending up in a place like Indy that has a lot of talent around him, similar to San Francisco. And and maybe Frank Reich thinks I can I can coach up Garoppolo. Kyler Murray's another guy to keep an eye on. Even J- Jameis Winston coming off his injury and as a free agent. So it's going to be a really fascinating kind of quarterback domino situation uh, this offseason, which, again, that whole word offseason always makes me laugh, Jim, because there really is no offseason in the NFL. It's not like when I first started in the league back in the back in the, the Stone Age when all we had in those days in Bud Grant, in the Bud Grant era, we had a rookie orientation and we had a draft. We never saw the veterans there was no off-season conditioning, strength program. We didn't have a, a workout facility at that time. We never saw guys like Fran Tarkenden and Alan Page until the first day of training camp. That's when I met Fran Tarkenden. And so it's just crazy how the league has changed. And off-season is really a misnomer because it, there's not really hardly any downtime anymore. When Quezzy did his kind of informal media session after his press conference, we all sat around and just talked. Uh, you know, we were, he asked us, like, you know, basically, when did we start covering the Vikings or what our attachments were? And I told him, Quezzy, I'm so old. When I started covering the Vikings, to practice outdoors in frigid temperatures, you guys blew up a 40-yard dome. <laughs> remember that? I mean, we're sitting in that incredible facility out there in Egan, and I remember back to the day when you guys did not have an out, didn't have an indoor structure to practice in. You'd have to blow up, uh, like, a little, uh, just a tiny little dome where you couldn't punt or throw deep passes. Oh, I remember it very well. <laughs> and I remember it going down about three, four times too oh, in, yeah. snow, in snowstorms and, and getting on the phone because I was running the facility over at Winter Park at that time. And so I remember those days very well. And when the snowstorms came, getting very nervous about, oh, uh-oh, this is going to be trouble. And where are we going to practice today? And it was just crazy. We'd be sh- have, having a, a plow on our outdoor fields as we were getting ready to play Green Bay. And it's just so different today. It's, it's crazy. It is. Last topic for today. A reminder, we also have the Viking Update show at TalkNorth.com. And thanks again to our producer, Brianne Burdett. Uh, Jeff, tell me what you're thinking about Tom Brady at the moment. I, I think Tom Brady, again, put him in that narcissistic, egotistical cra- category 
when, when the, the news breaks that he's going to produce and play himself in a movie, let, let me vomit, Jim. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> me first. I'll, yeah. I mean, between he and Rogers, it's just nauseating to hear. And, and then you hear rumors about, well, oh, Brady may end up in, in San Francisco this year playing for the 49ers. And it's just, just nonstops. And, and, and meanwhile, Bruce Arians is talking about Blaine Gabbert. Oh and says, says he's never played on a team this good and that he could do the job. And oh. give me a break. I, I don't think Blaine Garrett's going to be the starter for the Bucks, And if he is, they're in big trouble. And so, but Brady, I, I used to like Brady and, and used to think he was a, a, a stand-up guy. And, and, and I think just this whole TB12 and all that stuff that he's gotten into, it, it's just, as I said, it's just sickening. And he's just gotten too big for his britches too. And, and just, yeah, play himself in a movie. No, nah, don't do that, Tom. <laughs> you, you need to find a professional actor to do that if you're going to produce the movie. And, yeah, I, I think it's just crazy ridiculous. To be fair, I will watch the movie whether he stars in it or somebody else does. Well, it is, it is a great story, no doubt about that. <laughs> That's okay. I, yeah, we've all read it a million times. We've read it like eight, nine different Super Bowl weeks. I mean, we've all written it. We've all read it. Uh, uh, yeah, egomaniac. Egomania is running amok in the NFL. That's just the way professional sports are these days. Uh, that's why we have Jeff Diamond here to keep it real for you. Uh, thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com. Thanks for listening to Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. And we'll be back next week. Uh, tell you more about where the quarterback's going to end up.